Strategy Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. I want to thank you for joining us today. Got a really great interview with Greg Oyhenart. Uh, works in a financial institution uh, and has been a chief strategy officer for over 10 years now. He's got a really large amount of experience in a broad range of, of uh, industries. And what's really cool is seeing the transition that he's gone through, not only his career, but what has actually transpired from him being in there and leading this strategy change effort. So I'm really excited to share this podcast with you and uh, please enjoy. Hi everyone, Anthony Taylor with SME Strategy and I'm joined by Greg Oyhenart, who is the Senior VP of Corporate Development and the Chief Strategy Officer for a financial institution located here in BC. Greg, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Fantastic. So uh, before we get into it, I know you've got uh, a varied experience in the strategic planning corporate development world, but can you tell uh, our listeners a bit about you and, and what makes you excited to do what you do? Sure. Um, well, I've been a lifelong resident of uh, Vancouver and, and BC, and uh, I've had the opportunity to work in a number of different environments, large corporate uh, startup companies, uh, as well as uh, small to uh, mid-sized enterprises. And I think what um, I think what I find the most interesting or exciting aspect of my job is 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 really looking for those parallels uh, across uh, industries. So I've worked in in different industries as well, and really just looking for those opportunities to to bring you know standard um, uh, standard business knowledge. You know, I call them forty year old secrets that are not really secrets, and uh, look and implement them. Look to implement them in in organizations that. Uh, can take advantage of them and 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 leverage them for for their benefit uh, and ultimately their customers' benefit. And I think some of the ways that we've tried to approach strategy, certainly where I work now, is really to try and simplify it and and really bring it down to something that's uh, actionable and impactful and meaningful to the organization. So it's been uh, it's been an interesting exercise, and uh, every day is something different. Very cool. Okay, so um, I mean, like maybe we can just jump right into it when you talk about some of these forty-year-old secrets. I mean, we have some of the, our listeners have been managing for a few years in a bunch of different uh, industries. But what are some of your best forty-year-old secrets that you could share with with our listeners? Yeah, the the, the the reference I use to that is one of my favorite authors, and if if you ever get a chance to read him, is Peter Drucker. And uh, so, you know, Drucker is essentially the the person that wrote the book on management. Most of his writings are forty years old or older, and it's, it's some of the really really basic stuff. And I think you know one of the the key secrets I think of, of of organizations and strategies, and especially as you're developing and sharing strategy, is all about storytelling. So you know a good example of that is just a time honored tradition of uh, telling and sharing stories in an organization is a great way to um, teach people to get people aligned uh, to talk about what you know good looks like at an organization, and I think it really helps to build not only understanding of why we do the things that we do, um, but also storytelling is a great uh, form of recognition, which is an important part of, of any uh, organization. And, and as they're developing their plans and executing against them is making sure you're ta- stopping to take the time to recognize what's going well. Uh, and storytelling is a gr- good example of, of doing that. Um, you know, I think another, you know, time honored, uh, you know, kind of 40 year old uh, secret is just, um, uh, you know, stats, uh, good old uh, performance management. Um, so one of the things that we really do here 
but our strategy is really make it uh, transparent and highly visible. Uh, it's something that we constantly talk about. We provide updates. We, we measure the strategy uh, constantly. So we're always going back to looking to say, are we actually on track to hit the, the projects that we're doing? The, the, you know, are, are the measures holding up? Um, so we're always taking a look at it that way. Um, you know, just again, going back in those, those standard management disciplines, which sometimes we forget, uh, are equally as important to managing the day-to-day operations as well as the long-term part, you know, which is the strategy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, what gets measured gets managed. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So yep. that's what you got it. So, um, yeah, yeah. Accountability, all those things. Absolutely. So, I mean, within those, um, like within the, the two that you mentioned, storytelling and, and performance management specifically, do you have any like really like on the court tips that somebody could take and, and, and implement something that you guys do, whether it's like, you know, quarterly meetings or, or, you know, like your balanced scorecard or whatever thing that you do um, that you find that yeah. works for you? Yeah, no, we, we employ a lot of those tools. So we employ the, the balanced scorecard um, approach. Uh, we break down our um, our meetings that we talk about. So with respect to the strategy, um, we do a, a monthly update. So on a, almost like a project management template. So all the, the components of our strategy that we're working on. And we've got, um, you know, for our, for our team here, we've got three key priorities. And then we've got probably about uh, 15 or so, uh, which is, probably too many, but we've got about 15 things or so we want to accomplish over the three years. And, uh, and we go back and, and we basically do monthly, uh, monthly updates on the status of these, making sure that they're on track. And then once a quarter, we'll get to get the team together and do a, a deeper dive where we throw them up there and talk about what's working well and what's not working well and what we'd be do, doing differently and making sure that whoever's leading that initiative uh, is, is highly visible and highly accountable and also making sure that we're checking back to the organization to make sure that we've got the right resources and, and focus on what we need to do and, and make course corrections if we need to. Um, you know, one of the th- other things though that we do, and it's, it's a simple little thing and back to the storytelling is we actually, um, we actually uh, reinforce um, the behaviors uh, of the strategy that we're looking for. So when we rolled out our strategy here, we, we very much focused um, our discussion about the values um, and the behaviors that we wanted to see out of the team, which were aligned to uh, uh, executing the strategy. And uh, the nice thing is, is when you talk about what's going on in the business, you can often make good linkages back to what people are actually doing day to day, serving a customer, uh, serving a member in this case, uh, doing something to improve the business that you can actually trace right back to being aligned to our strategy. So we usually, uh, what I do is every every two weeks um, on a Friday afternoon, I'll write a short story kind of in the form of a bit Malcolm Gladwell. I'll uh, usually use a metaphor of some sort, um, uh, explain why this is important, uh, highlight the key elements of the story and the people involved and and really hand out kudos to that. And then we share that out with the team, you know, via email. And then we, we post it for the larger company to see on our intranet. Uh, on the on the following Monday and 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 what's interesting is that people start uh, a looking forward they love being profiled in a story so it g- gives them some recognition but it also gives people a sense of what good looks like 
so people can have a chance to see what others are doing in the company and, and think about how they can impact the strategy, you know, through their own day-to-day actions. And that's a really big component of what we've tried to do is is bring down not only the, the big indiv- uh, team priorities, but actually boil down individual um, priorities for people to make sure that their day-to-day actions are really aligned to what we want to accomplish in our strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you said something there that I really like. It's like what good looks like in, in the whole strategic planning process, whether it's, you know, vision, mission, values, or, you know, your strategic priorities, having that understanding at that, like aligned understanding of what good is or what that objective is, um, is so yeah. important that everybody's literally on the same page and, and moving in the same direction. So. Yeah, we, we talk a lot here about a common language and, and, and one of the things that we try and do is make sure that when we, you know, we reference it and we never talk about the strategy, we always talk about our strategy. Um, and, uh, the way we, we, we frame that up for people is to make sure that they understand that it's, it, they have a part in it. And we also try and, and veer away from using too much strategy language as well. Um, you know, we're asking people to, to figure out what they're doing and 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 really we you know we we start with talking about you know the what and the why and then we talk about the how and the when and then we boil it down to the who um but ultimately that's really what all strategy comes down to <laughs> answering those questions um and making decisions and stuff like that and it's, so we really try and stay away try and stay away from too much uh, uh strategy language if you will and really just boil it down to language that people understand yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just on that, because I think it's just really interesting. Every organization that I've chatted with has a different, we'll call it like strategic maturity. Yeah. Uh, how have you found in your various roles working at different levels of, I guess, strategic maturity, like taking what there might be little strategic planning framework or somebody who's like really not over the top, but let's say thorough when it comes to the strategic yeah. planning, how, how do you address that? And how do you incorporate that in your role of being the, the leader of that? Yeah, we well, the the organization uh, now and, and actually the previous organization I was with, I would say both characterized as having a very low level of uh, strategic maturity. So, um, you know, successful organizations did stuff like a lot. Um, but, but really maybe more tactically focused and, and, and again, not, not necessarily all coordinated, um, uh, within the organization about what they were working on. So it's, uh, you know, again, putting together plans and doing stuff, but not really with a, a strong sense of aim as, as to what they're, they were ultimately trying to accomplish. Um, the, the main focus actually though was to bring in a bit of a strategy process that was very, very, again, uh, very, very simple because um, there's lots of different models you can pick from, but it, but ours was very simple of, um, you know, we called it our strategic wheel and it was essentially four elements. And the first one is, um, you know, deciding, uh, you know, what does good look like? Uh, so having that discussion, what is, what do we want the future to look like? What do we think the future needs to look like? And after you do your size up and everything, it's kind of aspirationally, where do you want to be? Um, you know, then you, you go, you know, do your assessment and say, well, where are we starting from? Um, what's our ultimately identifying what, what should be a gap uh, to where you want to be and, and where you're starting from. Uh, and then ultimately building from there the plans as to how do we close the gap? How do we, you know, what do we focus our time and attention on? And 
and then you move to the fourth stage, which is execute, which is the most important part of the strategy. Um, execute against the strategy, measure it, manage it, talk about it, uh, what's working well and what's working not, and and ultimately circle back, right? At, you know, keep checking in back at the top again. You know, is this? We thought this is what good looks like. Is this still what we think it is, or um, you know, do we need to revector, rechange, do something different? So it's really trying to keep it very simple so everybody knows where we're at in the process. But once we sort of decide where we're going, uh, you know, we, we look forward, we don't look backwards and, um, and really just trying to keep people uh, mindful of, of what our priorities are. We, we've been, we've been able to use it. It's a, it's a very simple framework, um, but it's, it's actually been really good um, uh, tool for us to be able to get people to stop working on stuff. Um, you know, don't divert resources to something that's not really aligned to strategy. And, and ultimately, a lot of the discussion focuses on, on you know, what does good look like? And we're constantly moving towards that future state um, with a better understanding of the, the, the time, effort, materials, resources it's going to take to get us there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. I know that'll definitely uh, be helpful to a lot of people. So, I mean, I guess that leads into my, my next question, and, and you hinted on it before, um, about talking about reinforcing the behaviors and, and, you know, putting this wheel actually in action. So yeah. when we look at that, what does that look like from a culture perspective when you tie in the storytelling and the performance management? Like how, how does that like affect like the real, the people at the end of the day? Yeah, I think I think it gives the people a better sense of um, you know a better sense of uh, what what is their role. We, we've we've implemented a lot of um, uh, a very thoughtful program here that really gets everybody in the organization to think about what is their own. You know, we we've outlined the company purpose. We've outlined why we're here and who who are who we're aiming to serve and how we're aiming to serve them. We've also taken the team through and we're we're part of the way through this, but we've taken the team through that exercise to say, you know, um almost like what's your personal mission? What's your personal purpose in life? And how does this align to where we're trying to go? And it's been an interesting exercise because culturally, I think by by forging a much stronger identity of what we want to what we want to be, uh which I think the 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 current um uh, plan has really helped the organization do. There's, 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 there's still ambiguity in it, but there's a lot less than what there was about what is it we want to be and what do we value and 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 behavior-wise, uh, we 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 modified our values. Um, we didn't change a lot from the previous one. One of the things we tried to do is not upend the the, the old strategy, but more to clarify and and um, simplify it, if you will. But one of the things we put in there was a, a new value, and it was accountability, uh, personal accountability. And uh, that's a value that um, we only changed that one. The others were still the same, and, and they're, they're, they're you know, around integrity and all the rest of that. Um, but with this one, it really sparked a dialogue about what does it mean to be accountable, and, and how does... Uh, how are you as a leader, if you're a leader in the organization or even if you're, you know, just part of the team, what does it mean to you to be accountable and, and how does that align with your own purpose in life? And for some people, that hasn't been a comfortable dialogue and a lot of people have chosen to, to leave as a result of it. Um, uh, not a lot, but, but, but a few at, at varying levels of the organization because they, they really couldn't get their own personal alignment to what the, the, the team was trying to do. Um, but at the same time, we've been able to um, bring in people once they understand what that vision looks like and their own personal alignment is a good fit to it. Um, they've really integrated well into the company and are really helping us advance the strategy. So 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally get that. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about about culture and what it means to have that alignment and, you know, getting the right people on the bus and in the right seats. Um, the, the other interesting question I would have for, for you is that looking at a lot of people have values and then they sometimes the values as well as the mission and the vision are just words on a paper. Um, mm-hmm. How do you translate or how have you found tying values into uh, like quanti- quantifiable benefits for the organization, not just saying, hey, these are our values and you know we're going to put them up on the wall for the sake of having them yeah. there, but really this is why we live them and then the impact that that's had on, on the bottom line effectively. Yeah, and it's it's probably a little early for us to tell, um, you know, kind of what that's like. It's hard. That's a very hard one to measure uh, in the short run. I, I would think that the the key problem for for our organization, and this is typical of a lot of organizations, is is um, and it goes back to the key element of the strategy is is basically it, it really is all about execution. You can have the best best design plans in the world but if they if the if it sits on the shelf and it's not being actioned and and that's probably was our biggest uh weakness identified in our strategy is the ability of the team to um you know to execute in a disciplined manner to get stuff done uh to get to 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 get stuff done with the right amount of resources so we've really put a lot of one of our uh, uh, strategic priorities is uh is solely focused on our team developing a we we called it a consistent uh, high performing uh, uh, team. Um, that's what we expect to see, and so from there we've been able to take that priority and really boil it down to things like collaboration, uh, which is one of our core values, um, and and teamwork, and 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 really break it down for the team to the behaviors that we want to see. So right into our performance discussions, right into the way we manage the business on a daily basis, we can have very good discussions with people about you know, their behavior. And ultimately, if you get it down at that level, uh, you start to, that's where you start to get the real performance because you can coach people on behavior. It's hard to coach on outcomes will happen one way or the other. A lot of things can influence them, but we're really getting people to focus in on their own personal and individual actions and, and, and what, what actions we need to see from them in order for us to be successful. And then I think where it's played out this year is probably for the organization, um, it was it, probably in the amount of big things we accomplished, the big things we managed to implement um, with with probably less effort than they would have done in the past. So better planning, better organization. We run better meetings. Uh, we're more efficient at the way we operate. Um, we don't start and stop uh, projects. Uh, we, we make sure that we properly scope them before they get going and, and properly resourced, and then they go. Um, so we, you know, we're not making as many mistakes, if you will, those kind of things. And those are the things that slow down and frustrate people. Um, but a lot of it comes down to their own individual behavior and how, what the skills they need to be on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the challenges sometimes out there is that you look at strategic planning as like, why are we doing this? Especially on the employee level when they might not be privy to all of the conversations or all of the meetings. And yeah. it just looks like like a make work project or, or just more meetings that we're taking away from our doing time to be in this meeting. Um, but, you know, the benefits are both qualitative and quantitative. And it sounds like you guys have, have been able to, to really capture those and, and, and show that it yeah. works. Well, we, we focused a lot, you know, when we've broken it down, you know, we talked about the personal accountability. So that's the who. Um, you know, we, we've, we've put in better tools and processes. So again, as um, one of our priorities about being, uh, being innovative, innovative and efficient, as well as having a, 
a consistent, high-performing team, we've really focused a lot on putting better tools and processes in place around the how and when. So it's something as simple as taking uh, the organization, creating and taking the organization through a a proper um, project management framework. So, you know, by bringing in a a one unified proper um, uh, project management framework, you've been able to create a common language and a common set of simple tools that people can use. So now when we do something, you know, irregardless of who's doing it, we can do it consistently. Um, we're not relying on a few individuals who know how to do it. We're training people up so that everybody is on the same page. And as we've done that, we've been able to work through project planning much, much faster because everybody has a common language. But where we've really tried to focus it, a lot of the discussion on the strategy, um, and and this is something that we 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 continually do, is is really understanding the what and the why. So we can explain to everybody all the things we're working on, um, but where we're really stopping to take the time and make sure everybody understands is why are we doing this? Um, you know, Simon Sinek has a, that's a the great book on it and the video is, you know, if pe- people don't understand the why, the what doesn't really make a lot, it's not going to be as effective. So really taking the time to explain why we're doing the things we're doing is is a, is a huge element of our strategy. Absolutely, I love that. And then again, the, the like, what does good look like? Like starting with that and saying, okay, you know, what do those behaviors look like? So, uh, so I guess we have yeah. the good. So let's go to the other side, the the bad. If there were some um, risks to avoid in the planning process, what would you say that are some you know some fatal mistakes to to watch out for, or just things that have become stumbling blocks moving forward? Yeah, I, I think, you know, just the, the, I think the good, good segue, because I think the first thing is, you know, not starting with the what and the why. Um, typically, you know, where you, you, you see a lot of planning processes start with is there's an aspiration to do something. Um, it really jumps to the how and the when um, without really grounding it in, the, in, in, a, in a really frank discussion as to the what and the why and, and uh, how does it align. So, you know, we, we really try to slow the team down and, and, and focus on that. Um, I, I've seen that go off the rail where we uh, jump to technology solutions, for instance, or that's classic case of somebody's trying to fix the business or do something big and they're, they're tending to go for the biggest, you know, the, the home run solution without really understanding, you know, why, why is that important or why does it need to be that big, et cetera, or what, ultimately what's, what are you trying to accomplish and how would you measure success, et cetera. So really focusing the discussion there, I think that's a, you know, that, that's a, a fatal flaw. Um, I think the other one is, is grounding it in, in a reality. Um, one of the things that we did um, when we put together our strategy as a team, and it was a very painful exercise, um, but, but it, we had a very candid discussion about the, you know, an honest size up of the organization in the industry that we're in. Um, you, you, you know, you, if you don't have a good, honest understanding of where you're starting from, uh, how big that gap is, you, you're going to work on the wrong things. Uh, you're not going to put the priorities on the right one. And so we had a, a very uh, candid, um, lengthy discussion up front um, and, and captured that and documented it and, and clarified what we meant. And, you know, what we really focused a lot on was, uh, you know, as, as our biggest weaknesses in the organization and the industry that we're in, we identified that, uh, you know, we didn't necessarily have uh, all the elements on the team to make the journey that we thought we needed to make. Um, but, you know, it was important to have that discussion up front because that really then focused our priorities on what we needed to do to manage and, and, and staff the team differently. 
Um, if you didn't have that discussion up front, you'd try a whole bunch of things. But if you don't have the right people on the team to, to accomplish it, you're not going to be successful. So I think having that really, um, the risk to avoid is basically don't, you know, avoiding the, the tough dialogue. And the other one is probably, um, and again, I think it's, um, uh, this has explained, been explained to me about strategies, you know, you, you can't be too tactical. It's very easy to come up with a set of plans or activities. Um, but if there's no decisions required as a result of the choices you're setting up, um, it's probably not stretch and it's probably not strategic. Um, so you really have to, to you know, think uh, think big as you're looking at the strategy. Because a lot of times if you're, if you, you know, if you, if you didn't do it and there was no impact, then it's not really strategic. So you really have to make sure that you're keeping the dialogue and the, the ideas at the, at the highest level possible. Um, because at the end of the day, you, you really have to face choices about what you're doing. And if you're not setting up a choice and there's no, you know, uh, resource commitments involved, um, you're, it's probably not strategic. It's probably not going to change your fortunes. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And, and the part that you had, I mean, that's why taking that time is so valuable to step away from, you know, in the business and work on the business and, and just, you know, bring your team together. And there's like, there's nothing wrong with going on. It's just what is. And if you don't take that time ahead of time, you know, you're going to, yeah. it's like swimming halfway and then, you know, you can't really swim back. Yeah. And I think people, I think there's a bias that people have is to, you know, when you get involved with these is that you've got to, you know, you've got to keep them moving along, but, um, and it, it really just depends on the, the trust and, and level of the team. Um, but, but you gotta, you gotta save time to, to make sure that you're not just jumping into doing action without really understanding why you're doing it. And, uh, and the process we used here, we, you know, we started with the executive team, but we quickly broadened out once we sort of came up with our framework and, and, and our thoughts, we, we broadened it to a much broader team. Uh, we had probably about 22 people involved in the strategy development, which for our organization is about, you know, uh, almost 5% of the organization, um, that was involved in, in actually crafting the strategy and, and talking about the, the mission and the, the, the vision and the values. And, and, you know, we broke it up and we, 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 we had teams working on it and coming up with the priorities, but we actually did extend this quite out a bit. So it was a very collaborative effort even to build the strategy. We said we wanted collaboration in it. So we had to make sure that the strategy was uh, also reflected collaboration of, uh, of, of a bunch of people from the organization at different levels that actually had the input into what we were doing. So, And how, would you, how long would you say that process like took you? You know, that was probably one of the challenges is, um, is it probably took, um, I would say, substantially to come up with what we could do to the point where we could sort of capture this in a bit of a document and then share it out was probably about a good four or five months yeah. uh, from the time that we started. And uh, the challenge that we had here, and and, and it, it was a it was a constraint, but it but again it was uh, you know given where the organization was, um, the previous strat plan um, had been rolled out about four or five years early to much fanfare, and the the problem with it was it was there was nothing wrong with the strat plan, but it wasn't really um, wasn't really uh, alive, if you will. Uh, and it wasn't really uh, in, a, in a very simple format that people could understand or memorize, if you will, or get, get engaged in. So, you know, no one knew what the three strategic priorities were and, they, and the, 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 the vision and the, the, the mission, et cetera, were written, tended to be written a little bit more flowery language. So we, we didn't fundamentally change a lot of what 
was in the strategy um, so much that we just clarified what it was that we meant uh, in the strategy or what the intent was. And so we really focused a lot on that and then really coming up with the, again, the very simple framework of we've got three priorities. What we do under those priorities, what what tactics or strategies or initiatives we put in, they may be subject to change, but we really clarified the three things that were the most important for the organization's success. And and those are the three things that we're really hammering home. And it's good to see, you know, after about a year that we actually have, you know, people, you know, in our, in our business at all levels that can actually articulate what those three things are and, and why they're important. And so, you know, we, there's a there's a little bit of a, a we're, we're feeling pretty good about the fact that they understand them now. And, you know, our ability to get stuff done is really translating into, you know, better results for us in the short term, but ultimately in the long term as well. Perfect. And that's why you want to do it. Like looking at that five months, if you just said, oh, it would take this long, it might be a little bit daunting, but you know that the results and the output is going to be worth it like you, yeah, you don't know yeah, it at I the time you, but <laughs> yeah i think there's yeah there's that balance of making sure that you have enough time for thoughtful reflection um and and then keeping the process going because that, that can be a long time for people um and moving it along the nice thing is i think the time we put up front as we de- develop or refresh the strategy which we'll probably do in a, in a couple of years our strategy was 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 really meant to be sort of a three-year plan um, but the framework that we've created when we get into it the next time we'll we'll, we'll have invested the time up front to create a framework that we could use for a number of years um, because we you know you'll come back and, and review and uh, review the size up, review, you know, the industry, review all those things. Um, but our, our general priorities probably have legs beyond three years. They, we won't accomplish them in three years. So we, you know, we, it might be as simple as what are the new refresh set of activities under those things? Cause the mission hasn't changed. Um, uh, but it allows you to come back in a short period of time and just test to make sure that we're still on the right things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's sort of the key about taking a, doing a vision and or a mission that is big enough that you know it's inspiring daunting um but also requires like some some real foresight as to what you need to do but just realize that it's like a day at a time and like what can we do yeah. now to move that forward so excellent. yeah really breaking really breaking it down and breaking down the steps and everything like that so cool okay so um i, I know we touched on strategy and performance and and like really mm-hmm. tactically what that means but um is there anything else that you would recommend to a ceo or a manager who's leading strategy um in, in sort of the comprehensive discussion that, that we've had today yeah I, I think it comes down to um you know this notion of um you know constant feedback uh, measurement and discussion and and making sure that you're assigning accountability um, so, you know, when you, when you break down the strategy is really, really drilling it down to, uh, the element of the strategy is, is especially if it's an initiative, if you're looking to implement the change, you know, really identifying who, who that person is, uh, and then that they're the champion of that strategy that, you know, they, they own that part of the strategy and really making sure that you create the forum for them to come back and, and talk about what's going well and what's not going well and what would they be doing differently and and you know really really creating the time and space to to have that discussion um as a group uh so it's not just coming back and reporting to the ceo but it's making sure that you know all the people connected to supporting the strategy making sure the resources are there they're all hearing it you know from the from the horse's mouth so to speak about what's working well and what's not i think that's a a really key one and um you know again i think it goes back to just the you know one of those 40-year-old business secrets is 
always ensuring you've got resource alignment. Um, oftentimes, you know, things fail because they're not adequately resourced or they're improperly scoped or both. And so it's making sure that you've got good um, planning processes and good mitigation processes that can go back. And so if somebody's, you know, being tasked with doing something, do they do they have everything they need? Or are they set up for success? And if not, okay, what's the organization doing to help them? Um, and making sure that those forums are there. And there's no shortcut to, you know, meetings are uh, the bane of every company's existence, but there's just no shortcut to doing that where you've got everybody in the room and you're you're walking through and hearing the updates live about what's working well and what's not and having an honest dialogue. Um, it, cr- it creates a lot of... Uh, creates a lot of um, good tension, if you will. If somebody knows they've got to show up and give an update, then they're going to make sure they're getting the work done. Yeah, absolutely. One, one of the things that stuck with me, when you said time and space, and it's not just so much like showing up to the meeting, but also having that like that free space or that safe space where people can provide that update, but also be very real about, okay, here's what's working, here's what's not working. And I suppose on top of that, time, space, and resources to make, make the yeah. thing move, right? Yeah, and I think I think, and this is something that sort of comes up as another another element if if there's a tip or whatever. And I, I always use the term kind of celebrate failure. Um, you know, if you when you start in on a on a process like this, you're gonna you're gonna you're something's gonna get screwed up. You're there's gonna be something that doesn't go as planned, or you know, there's a shift in the market, or you know, something's gonna go wrong. And I think you have to create that that environment where if somebody's accountable for doing something, um, you know, they, they you got to give them latitude that if if you're, if you're, if it truly is strategic, there's a good chance you're going to be making a mistake uh, or something's going to go wrong. And, and you, you got to understand that if it doesn't work, it uh, doesn't mean that you're done. Um, but, 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 you know, celebrating failure is all about understanding what's gone wrong and, and okay, what do we do about it? Um, you know, uh, uh, re revectoring or, uh, uh, reorganizing and, and trying again or doing something different. The last thing you want is somebody who, if something's not going well, to kind of go run away and hide and 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 um, not talk about it. Uh, and, and ultimately, one of the things we've implemented here is if something's going wrong, it's no one person's fault, um, but one person has accountability to make sure the issue gets on the table and and really understands the root causes of what's what's causing this and um, and and bring the team involved. And what resources do we need uh, to divert to make sure that it's successful? But uh, that's that's really where their accountability lies. Um, you know, if it goes wrong, it's it's almost never one person's fault. But a lot of organizations will work that way. So so you got to be really comfortable with the fact that you know you got to be comfortable with failure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's awesome, Greg. Well, thank you so much. I really look forward to uh, to seeing what your organization uh, comes up with and, and where it goes. Obviously, being in the same market as me locally, uh, I can keep a pretty close eye on it. And uh, your team is lucky to have you. And yeah, I wish you all the best in your uh, successes uh, professionally and with your strategic plan. So um, great. So Anthony Taylor here. I've been speaking with Greg Ohenart from who's the senior VP of corporate development and the chief strategy officer. Thank you so much, Greg, for for chatting with us today. You're welcome. Thanks, Anthony. Take care.